Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like a Midas touch by the very first time. I make decisions with my wallet, not my mind. Do money for one person to think at all. Ooh, I'll buy back your soul. Hello and welcome to Too Much Money, the podcast that asks, does being a billionaire make you crazy or do you need to be crazy to be a billionaire? I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Joe Piazza. Once again, we're not billionaires. We're Yet. not. Yet. 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 Not yet, Joe. We're clearly practicing the secret over here. We're like, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. This this podcast is just an exercise in manifestation. Exactly. Like, that's the whole reason we do it. Actually, right. We're manifesting lives of crime and petty revenge I, plots. You know, no one likes petty revenge more than a billionaire. To be it's honest, it's true. It's so true. I feel like there is like a like a funny book that's like think like a billionaire and it's just about Ooh. like being an asshole. Dory, are you manifesting us writing a book called Think Like a Billionaire? I am, Joe. I am doing that. Okay. Done. All right. Done. Um, I'll get started as soon as we get off this podcast. I mean, the thing is, knowing you, you like actually will. And then like next week, you'll be like, I wrote the book. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> The problem is that you should really know better than to just, you know, casually suggest a project. I know. To I know. It's I know. I know. Because, but. like, what I what I have realized is, like, I'm sort of that person, but you're, like, really that person. I have a problem. I have <laughs> a problem. Oh, but that's why I love you. That's why I love doing this. But I also love this you. idea. So don't worry. I'll have the outline by uh, by Friday. Okay. I can't wait. Um, Joe, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you were applying to college, and I, mm -hmm. I as for me, this was a, a long time ago, um, were you familiar with or aware of the world of like paid college consultants? Or maybe you even used one yourself? No, no, that is not that was not the world that I I came up in. Um and I I grew up in suburban Philly. I went to a Catholic all-girls school, and I, I just, you know, I took the SATs is what I did. I took the SATs, and I applied to some schools that I thought looked like nice places, and I, I didn't know anything about, you know, being able to hire someone to help you get into a college. That, that, was, out, that was not in my world. Okay, same. I I don't think I even knew that these people existed. I mean, the 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 most I knew that people did was like take a Kaplan class to help them prep totally. for the SAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I I remember I had friends that took the Kaplan class and they felt fancy. To oh, me. a thousand like, percent. The people that take the Kaplan classes are fancy rich people. I yes. went to Barnes and Noble and I bought the Kaplan book. Joe, are we the same person? <laughs> Sometimes we are, Dory. This was, I didn't even take, I took the SATs once. Like, I didn't even take them again. I was like, this is fine. No, no, I took, I took it, I took it once. I took it once. And I'm like, okay, cool. Good enough. Good enough. Yes. Um, but we both ended up getting into a good college. 
totally, totally. But I'm curious because I don't know if getting into college, I mean, I'm actually, I do know that getting into college is way harder now than it was when we got into college. Yes. Yes. Um, so getting in, so we were, I think the tail end of like a baby bust. Mm-hmm. I think actually by the, cause you're like two or three years younger than me. I think by the time you were in college, things had kind of started going like the number of kids had started like climbing again, but especially like when I was born in the late seventies, like no one was having kids. Everyone was like, Ooh, the world is grim. The world is like now. It's just just like now. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But it's nothing like applying to college today where there's like a gajillion kids. People have become obsessed. Like you watch these TikToks of kids, like, like rattling off their stats and, and they're like, I had a 4.8 GPA and like got a 1590 on the SATs and I'm like I didn't get into any call like whatever I'm exaggerating but like only slightly you need but to also send me, you need to send me some of these TikToks for the under the oh influence because I'll do a whole under the influence on oh this my thing. god Joe okay yes I will um yeah no and, it's crazy you know, it's crazy because there were you couldn't get I couldn't get higher than a 4.0 at my high school it was just like that's same we didn't have yes we didn't have weighted gpas Mm -mm. your Mm -mm. gpa was your gpa whether or not whether you took an ap class or a regular class like your gpa was your gpa you just got a grade you just got a grade exactly and then that was it um and i went to a public school like i didn't it, it was just it was what it was um and you know i grew up outside of boston in a suburb that i would describe as like pretty academically uh obsessed you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in a in a kind of stereotypical like east coast sort of way um and yet I think what's happening now in terms of college applications it's like it's gone almost completely off the rails but today I want to talk about when it went so far off the rails yes yeah yeah that people went to prison. Rich people went to prison. Rich people went to prison. And of course, we are talking about Varsity Blues. No, not the 1999 movie starring James, James Vanderbeek. Which, which was a good movie. Which was a good movie. I liked that movie. And in fact, it was apparently so inspirational that the FBI named its operation after that movie. Because was it tongue in the cheek? FBI, the FBI is of our generation. The FBI is of our generation. Exactly. So, yes. So today we are talking about Operation Varsity Blues. And as I said to Joe before we started recording, uh, as I was kind of doing all the research for this episode, I realized I'd kind of like forgotten how sprawling it was and how complicated it was. And so... This might end up getting split up into two episodes. I'm not sure, but we're going to get started and we'll see where where things go. We'll see where this takes us. And if I need to stop and and, and to be continued, we will do that. Huh. Okay. So, huh. Joe, I want to start by telling you about a man named Maury Tobin. Oh, okay. I like that's a good name. It is a good name, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a name that conjures to me an image of, like, a good guy, like an affable good guy. Yeah, he wears bow ties in my head. Totally. And, you know, that's kind of what Maury was. He was handsome. He was was described in multiple news, like, multiple write-ups as affable. He was a former college hockey player. He posted on social media about his work with the hashtag homeless. Like he was always hashtagging things, like always hashtagging his good deeds. Um, and in like 2017, 2018, Maury really seemed like he seemed to have it all. He had a multi-million dollar home that was in the style of a French chateau in a very like old money enclave of L.A. called Hancock Park. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Fancy. Um, He had five daughters who were at or had graduated from Marlboro, which is like the Shipley of Los Angeles 
to put okay. it in Philadelphia yeah, yeah, terms. Yeah. Fancy, fancy, yeah, the ship fancy mm-hmm. all girls private school in Hancock Park. Um, and he was also the mastermind of a pump and dump scheme. Oh, wait, remind me what a pump and dump is. So a pump and dump is when you have people who don't seem to be connected with a certain company, often like a penny stock, who are pumping it up. So like now it's a lot of like talking about it on social media or saying like, oh, I just discovered this like amazing company that's doing like you should buy stock in it. And then once they get people to start buying the stock, which raises the stock price, they start selling the stock because they actually were affiliated with the company and they're just trying to get people to pump up the stock price so they can dump it. Okay. That is yes. that is, that is illegal. Company. And Maury was deep in a pump and dump scheme. I mean, look, that French chateau is not going to pay for itself. Neither oh. are like five tuitions at Marlboro. So a man's got to do what a man's got to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. A rich dude's got to do what a rich rich dude's got to do. Man. It, unfortunately, the FBI and the SEC did not see it that way. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, mm, Maury, no, absolutely not. So they raided his house. Okay, fair. The, a saying that has now become popularized by none other than Taylor Swift is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So he played a stupid game and he won the stupid prize of getting his house raided by the FBI. Okay, okay, yeah. And they were like, okay, this investigation is being led out of Boston because some of the victims were in Massachusetts. So you have to come to Boston to meet with prosecutors and the FBI to tell us everything that you've done. And they did what what is called a multi-day proffer, which is basically they say, okay, we're going to keep you for like three days. You're going to tell us everything you know. And then in the end, we might be more lenient on you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, you know, he talked about the pump and up, but he also said, by the way, here's something else you might be interested in. There's a women's soccer coach at Yale named Rudy Meredith, Mm -hmm. and he's been taking bribes for years. And what he does is he takes these bribes and then he says he's bringing you know, girls on as recruits to the soccer team, but they're not actually going to play soccer just to get them into Yale. Uh-huh. And, and he's yeah. like, this has been going on for years and like no one knows about this. And the FBI is like, hmm, well, that's interesting. <laughs> well, that's more fun than your pump and dump, Maury. <laughs> they're like, well, let's talk about bribing women soccer coaches to get into Yale. And they're like, I'm here for that. Exactly. They're like, we're here for this. So they get Maury to set up a meeting with this Rudy Meredith guy in a Boston hotel room that, of course, is wired and Mm -hmm. has hidden cameras. Now, look, we've all watched enough, like, true crime reenactments or or The Wire or The Sopranos or any, you know, any of these TV shows. Meeting someone in a hotel room is always a setup. Always a setup. I will never, ever go meet anyone in a hotel room. Like, when, Joe, when someone says to you, come meet me in a hotel room so we can discuss our illicit dealings. I'll I'll be like, no, I'd like to meet you by the side of the railroad tracks. And And I will check to see if you're wearing a wire. (laughs) Drop your pants. So... Maury says to Rudy, let's go to a Boston hotel room so we can discuss our illicit dealings. And Rudy's like, okay. Sure. I'd love that. You're just dumb, dumb rich people. So they get Rudy on camera agreeing to a $450,000 bribe to get Maury's youngest daughter into Yale. Oh, so Maury knew this because he did it. Yes, Maury, yes. Okay. Maury, okay. so yeah, yeah. it's it's not clear. He had two older daughters who had gone to Yale, mm-hmm. and supposedly they he did not engage in this scheme to get them in. But we don't know. Like that has right. never been 
kind of mm-hmm. confirmed or denied because Maury ended up being sort of a sidebar to mm-hmm. the bigger scandal. But Maury was the one who I'd got like to everything Maury started. A side piece to this scandal. Maury is a side piece to this scandal. Okay. Um, and he gives Rudy two thousand dollars in cash as like a down payment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But during this meeting, Rudy just happens to bring up a name that the feds are like, who the fuck is this? And that person is a college admissions consultant in Newport Beach, California, named Rick Singer. Okay. Now, okay. I just want to point out the number of times that Newport Beach has shown up in our conversations. It's not once. It's not one time. No. Like a, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of shit goes down in Newport Beach. Totally does. And you know, I've actually have you been to Newport Beach? I've never been. I have. It's in it's in Orange County. It's about, I mean, depending on traffic, it's like an hour and a half to two hour drive. Um it's very fancy. Uh I haven't spent much time there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's it's very fancy. It's a fancy place. It's a place it's where a fancy, fancy people are. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. fancy, beautiful place. Like right. it's right yeah. on the ocean. It's like, it's gorgeous. Like, of course mm-hmm. you would want to live in Newport Beach, except everyone who lives there probably kind of sucks. No totally offense sucks. if you live in Newport totally Beach. Sucks. No, no offense. We still like you. Yeah, exactly. I also don't think a lot of rich people listen to this podcast. They're like, oh, oh, one, I know, I know. About me. Actually, they probably do. They're probably all listening right now. Yes. Hi, rich people. Hi. So Rudy's like, oh, well, you know how you had this deal with, like, you've struck this deal with me. I've been doing this also with this guy named Rick Singer in Newport Beach, California. He funnels money to me also. (laughs) And so the feds subpoena Rudy's bank records. And they're like, huh, this is interesting. There's $860,000 in payments from Rick Singer in the last three years. Okay. All right. And they're like, what the fuck have we uncovered? Like, what road are we going down now, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So I love how one dude just keeps leading to another dude. They're like, let me give you something... You know what? You know what this is exactly like? I'm going to compare it to something. I can't wait. What is it? You're going to you're going to feel this in your bones. Okay. It's I can't like wait. when I would have a really good juicy celebrity story yes. and I would call the publicist and yes. be like, "Can you confirm this?" and they'd yes. say, "I need you to kill this story, but let me give you something juicier." About yes. my other client yes. or someone else's client or something yes. that I know. Yes. And it was just like keep tripping down the daisy chain. Yes. Everyone's trading. Exactly. While everyone threw everyone else under the mm-hmm. bus. Mm-hmm. I have a story in Town and Country coming out in a couple months about how like secret how people keep secrets in um in Hollywood, like in the world right now. And we touch on anyway, more to come. But what they end up uncovering here is the biggest scandal to rock college admissions, like probably ever. Um, and when the dust kind of finally settles, multiple parents, including very wealthy businessmen, actors, um, aunt, heirs aunt, to the and aunt, aunt Becky, Aunt Becky, um, and heirs to the uh, hot pocket fortune would also be sent to prison. Some of their children would be kicked out of school. Even a lot of them claimed they had no idea about what their parents had done. Um, and Maury Tobin, who it seems never actually met. Rick Singer or engaged his services, but was was engaged in a similar sort of scheme, it would also go to prison. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more of this. Yeah, wait. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so we're back. So Joe, as we kind of touched on at the top of the show, Getting into college has changed a lot since we applied. And the whole industry of college admissions consultants has exploded, especially in the last 20 or so years. And these are people who you pay thousands, sometimes tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands, sometimes more than $1 million to help craft your application or your child's application to elite colleges. And they don't exactly guarantee that you will get in. Of course, they cannot say you will get into Princeton. But right, 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 right. They can't they can't guarantee it. They cannot guarantee that. But they trumpet their results on their websites. It's like strongly implied that if you engage their services, your child will get into the school of their or maybe your choice. Um, just as a sidebar, there a lot of this came to light a few years ago because there is a, a college admissions consulting company called Ivy Coach, and they sued a woman in Vietnam because she had agreed to pay one and a half million dollars to get to apply to first to apply to boarding school to seven boarding schools and then to apply to 22 colleges for her daughter and allegedly she only paid half the fee and they sued her to get the other half of the fee and they have been kicked out of ivy coach itself has been kicked out of like whatever the national consortium of college consultants because of their high fees Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, but even Ivy Coach cannot guarantee that you will get into Yale or Harvard or whatever. But there was one college admissions consultant who did guarantee that you or your child would get into the school of their choice. Guaranteed. And that consultant was Rick Singer. Oh. Mm-hmm. So... Rick Singer was a former college basketball coach and he he started off like innocently enough. He started off as a as a law-abiding college counselor helping students with their applications. But a few years in, he kind of realized that there was money to be made by bending if not breaking the law. So, you know how like in and out which is the burger chain out, out west, has a secret menu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The secret menu. The secret, yeah. You can get the extra crispy fries. Right. Exactly. You can get the, the burger with, like, all the stuff on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Rick Singer also had a secret menu. Oh. Tell me, tell me, tell me. 
he started offering parents items off the secret menu. So, you know, it was basically like, oh, you want your college application animal style? Like, okay. Yes, I do. You can get your, yes, fr- <laughs> right. you can get your fries and your college application animal style. Um, so he had two kind of main secret menu offerings. One was cheating on the SATs or the ACTs. Okay. And the other was getting one of the crooked college coaches he had cultivated over the years to take one of his, quote, recruits. Oh, okay. So they're not really playing the sport, but they get to put it on their on their application. Correct. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I didn't really, I was not super familiar with the world of college sports recruiting. No, no, me neither. I mean, I like played high school sports not mm-hmm. well. Same. I'm like, it was not a thing that I got recruited in college. So I also played college, uh, high school sports not especially well, but my sister did. She was a swimmer and she got recruited to swim at Cornell and got into Cornell. And like, I love my sister, but she would be the first to admit that if not for swimming, there's no way she would have gotten into Cornell. Like her high school GPA was not Cornell level GPA. Okay. But, okay. But I have a lot of friends like that. And I don't I don't think that that's even necessarily the case anymore. I think it's a lot harder to get in with sports. But I have a lot of friends who played sports in college who were like, yeah, this is the only reason I'm here. Totally. Now, because my sister went to Cornell, which does not offer athletic scholarships like all of the Ivy League, she was under no obligation to stay on the swim team. And so she quit. Like a week into freshman year, she was like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. Thanks for letting me in. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, honestly, respect, but also, like, that's kind of fucked up, but also, like, who cares? Also, respect. Fuck it. Yes. But I bring this up because at a lot of these schools, such as Yale, for example, um, you know, Yale doesn't offer athletic scholarships and There's also, even at the schools that do, it's not like everyone on, like, the women's soccer team gets an athletic scholarship. Like, they might offer a scholarship to, like, the top five players. Like, they get allotted a number of scholarships. And then the rest of the team, it's like, you get recruited to play, but it's kind of like like what we were just saying. Like, you probably wouldn't have gotten in, but your reward for getting recruited for the women's soccer team is that you get to go to Georgetown kind of thing. Right. Exactly, but you're still exactly. paying. Yeah. You're still paying. So that was the back door that Rick Singer kind of figured out. Like he figured out that there's all these spots, especially on these more obscure teams like crew or water polo, where there's maybe one or two athletic scholarships and then everyone else on the team is paying anyway. But the coaches have a lot of leeway to say to the admissions committee, here are the people I want on my water polo team. And for the most part, the admissions committee, unless there's some glaring reason why why the person should not be admitted, it seems like for the most part, the admissions committee has been like, okay. Which, as I'm sure you can tell, is a system that is like, like ready for corruption right ready for corruption (laughs) yes yes I mean 100 percent. you know I think any system is also ready for corruption when you have these interactions between people who are very rich and people who do not make very much money and I know that admissions officers generally are, are not paid a ton of money and so it's just like any kind of government bureaucracy there is absolutely room in there for grifting. Totally. But I, I just want to clarify one thing. Like, for the most part, it, from what I can tell, it wasn't the admissions officers who were taking the bribes. It was the coaches and the people in the athletic departments who okay. were taking okay. the bribes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. same, I think same idea. Same idea. Like, right? we all hear about the football coaches who are making $5 million a year at, like, whatever, University of Alabama. But, like, the men's water polo coach at USC is probably not pulling in $5 million. Unlikely. Unlikely. Right. So, yes, to your point, it's a system that is, 
you know, unless you have some very like rigid controls in chat and in place, there's a lot of opportunities for grifting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's how the coaching, here's just a, a kind of like case study of how the coaching one worked. Um, and some of this is taken from an article that Evgenia Peretz wrote for Vanity Fair um, that was specifically about the L.A. private school world and how Rick Singer had kind of infiltrated it. That's like the juiciest, gossipiest story, I think. And then there's there's like tons of news stories. I'll link to some of them in the show notes. Um, but this particular anecdote is taken from the Vanity Fair story. So there's a school in L.A. called the Buckley School. I'm sure you can like already tell by the name is like a fancy private school. Totally. You can always tell by the name. You can like hear it, right? You can hear Buckley. It. it drips money. Yes. So Buckley. Shipley. Buckley. It's this like beautiful campus, like in the hills in um Sherman Oaks. It has a reputation as the most expensive private school in LA. And a reputation of where like a lot of very rich people send their kids. Mm -hmm. So there was a kid named Mateo Sloan at the Buckley School. And he really wanted to go to USC. I, I want to just also sidebar you. Sorry, I keep going off on like all these tangents, but I feel like they are relevant. I did not totally understand the the, the the hold that USC has on the psyche of Southern California. No, I had no, I had no idea. Until I moved to LA. Literally no clue. I had no clue. Like, in my mind, like, USC was a good school, but, like, it's there were, school. there's a lot of other, there's a lot of a good lot schools, of school. you know? <laughs> a lot of schools out there. Yeah. yeah. But people here are obsessed with USC to the point of, like, like, it's weird. And I think especially because it's a private school, even though it sort of sounds like a public school, it's a private school and it's a, it's an expensive private school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, you can imagine that a school like Buckley, which is a school filled with lots of very wealthy people who are used to getting their way. They want their kids to go to USC. The kids want to go to USC. USC is very popular. Well, in Beverly Hills 90210, um, which growing up was was how I knew about California. That, that totally. Was my entry. Yes. They went to, I think, what was supposed to be a version of USC. Oh, interesting. I forgot. Yeah. I like I think forgot they called about it, that. I think they called it CU. Okay. California <laughs> University. <laughs> I, yeah, but I'm pretty sure like it was supposed to be USC. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, was, USC. Oh, I, I, just, I just want you to know, I, I looked it up. It is, it is the fictitious California University. And it is supposed to be USC. It is indeed. Yeah. Amazing. I love that you remembered that. Indeed. Um, so, okay. So, you know, clearly it had, like, it, it loomed large in the imagination back then as well i just you know growing up in boston going to college in philly like living in like i i didn't really understand this until i moved here kind of like how i didn't understand that people here just like go to disneyland for like a few hours and then come home mm -hmm. like to me going to disney was like disney because i only went to disney world because i was from the east coast it was like a big deal big vacation here people are like i'm going to disneyland this afternoon i'm like so, you know, two things that I didn't understand. Also earthquakes, three things that I didn't understand until moving to L.A. Um, so also also USC, like many other prestigious schools, has gotten much, much, much harder to get into, like since we were applying to college. Like, I, I think when we were applying to college, their acceptance rate was like 50 percent or something. And now it's like 12 percent or something like that. So it's gotten a lot harder to get into. And people correlate difficulty, like people correlate admissions rate with like quality of a school, which is like a whole other conversation that drives me crazy. Totally. totally. Um, like everything about college is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. I went to this lunch the other day. It was like it was for a, a beauty 
brand like a we Kate and I went for Forever 35 and I was sitting next to this like kind of fancy woman and she was like oh yeah my daughter goes to Santa Barbara Community College and I was like I love you I love you I love you yes like thank you for you know not buying into this like insane well it's so funny because you know both you and I went to like this school that is now considered so out of reach for so many people right yes and I loved it like I I really loved me Penn and I loved my teachers I loved yes, what I learned same. but I also like I made so many friends there mm-hmm. like I just I loved the newspaper like mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. I loved about it but and I want that for my kids but I don't want all of the bullshit that goes with that that totally. is now that is now in this world. So it's very hard when I think about what do I, how do I want my kids to experience higher education? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's so, it breaks my brain mm-hmm. every time I think about it. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. Um, okay. So anyway, back to Mateo Sloan. Mm-hmm. He really wants to go to USC. Oh, and by the way, his dad, whose name is Devin, is on the Buckley board. So already, you know, Buckley's already fancy. Now you have someone who's on the board of trustees. So they're like extra super fancy, right? Like they've donated a ton of money to the school. And he engages the services of Rick Singer. So Rick Singer decides that the way to go here is to call Mateo a water polo recruit. So okay, okay. how do you call, how do you show that someone is a star water polo player who has literally never played water polo before. You buy a water polo ball and bathing cap on Amazon and you hire a graphic designer to Photoshop a picture of Mateo wearing the cap and hitting the ball in an outdoor pool, obviously. Rich people can do anything. Rich people can do anything. Okay, so so Devin Sloan sends this image to Rick Singer. He's like, here, I got this image of my child, the water polo recruit. And Singer's like, uh, I need you to, I need the graphic designer to revise this. He's a little high out of the water. No one gets that hot. Oh, okay. Like hot, like he's not high. He's not like on the pot. He's correct. Uh, yes. He's like, his body is too far out of the water. So the graphic designer adjusts the image and Singer sends it off to USC where uh, the senior women's athletic director, a woman named Donna Heinel, uh, was on was on his payroll. So Devin Sloan pays Singer $200,000 through Singer's, quote, foundation. And then he also writes a $50,000 check to women's athletics, which is this, it sounds to me, slush fund. Uh, controlled by Donna Heinel. Okay, that's been a lot of information. We're going to take another break. I can already tell this is going to be a two-parter. So it's going to be a two-parter. That's okay. Yes, we're going to come back and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay. We are back. Now, I, okay, so I I just explained how the ruse worked for the college recruiting. And Aunt Becky, 
and her husband also did this for their daughters, who they said were on the crew team, um, to get into, yes, USC. Now, the thing that's interesting about the Giannullis, who Massimo Giannulli is Lori Loughlin's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, Lori Loughlin, she's Aunt Becky from Full House. Yes. Yes, yes. And she's married to a guy whose name you probably had on a T-shirt in 1992. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he founded the clothing company Massimo. And he is a USC graduate. Um, and his children went to a private girls' high school in Los Angeles called Marymount. A, it's a Catholic girls' high school, like a fancy Catholic girls' high school. Um, and he was determined that his children were going to go to USC. And one of the most famous quotes to come up with the scandal was that Massimo had emailed his older daughter's college counselor that they wanted to make sure to, quote, get her into a school other than ASU. Oh. Wait, an ASU, that's Arizona State? Arizona State. Yes, Arizona State. Which, again, like like an L.A. context thing that I wasn't really familiar with, but I guess ASU... And maybe to a lesser extent, University of Arizona are like the party schools that kids go to here when they like don't get into USC. This is so West Coast. Yes, it is so West Coast. I did not I did not know this context. um, But now I kind of like understand it. But like Kourtney Kardashian went to University of Arizona. Okay, that says a lot. Do you think they do you think they include her in in their literature that they send out? To, to families look at she's her. on there she's she's on their notable alumni list oh yeah 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 hey fair she's a freaking businesswoman exactly and and also they probably want her donations they want all of her money fair point they want all her money yeah. um but anyway i bring this up because what became clear as this inve- as as like the news of this kind of all unfolded is that some of the children were complicit and aware of what their parents were doing and some of them allegedly were not so it seems like this Matteo Sloan kid was not but Lori Lachlan and Massimo Giannulli's daughters were and they had them do you remember this they like they took pictures of them sitting on rowing machines i do i do remember this yeah now joe you you are you are aware of you are very aware of influencer culture very i mean i'm probably too aware of influencer culture was, at this point was olivia jade on your radar before all of this happened no no she okay. was not okay um Olivia Jade, of course, being one of their daughters who was kind of an influencer. She wanted to, um, but she was an aspiring influencer. She was an aspiring influencer. Yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. Yes. And that's that's actually something I'm researching a lot right now. I'm doing working on an episode about how kids no longer want to be astronauts or doctors, how something like 50% of children will tell you they want to be an influencer when they grow up. Wow. I know. I know. Wow, that's crazy. I know. <sighs> to come. Okay. So what I do what I do want to kind of just like wrap this up with is going back to Pimco. Pimco. Bring Pimco, us back. Pimco. Um, which, you know, founded by Bond King Bill Gross. He of the mocking his neighbor from the pool incident. Playing the Gil- playing the Gilligan's Island. Playing the Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're here with you. Right. So Douglas Hodge had worked at PIMCO for years, and he, in fact, he was the CEO of PIMCO for a little while. Um, Which I was also all fucking rich people know each other. I literally wrote, you kind of see how all these rich people are ultimately just connected to each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of wild. And that's something that also kept coming up in the stories about everyone who had hired Rick Singer in L.A., like they all knew each other, their kids were friends, like 
Yeah. No, they all, all this little other. incestuous world. Totally. Um, okay, so Douglas Hodge probably needed that job at PIMCO because he had paid over $850,000 in bribes. Jesus fucking Christ. Over the course of 11 years to get four of his kids into USC and Georgetown. And then he allegedly tried to get a fifth into Loyola Marymount, but was unsuccessful. Wow. Okay. Also, all the, like, so many of these people have so many children. Like, Maury Tobin, five kids. Douglas Hodge, five kids. Like, well, also, I will say, well, how many wives? Maury had one wife. She has, okay. she has since filed for divorce, yeah, but yeah. not until 2022. Well, you know, another thing that's worth saying is that this number of kids is also a status symbol a for thousand a lot of percent. people. Yes. Like, look at me. I can afford this yes. many children because, yes. let's be honest, children are expensive and it's very, very difficult to have multiples. Yes. Yes, totally. Especially when you're putting them all through private school paying bribes and then paying them to go to it's college. It's the bribes. It's really it's the, the bribes. bribes that are keeping me you from really... having a fourth child. You didn't budget the bribes. I didn't. I didn't. No. Mm-mm. I'm just that's picturing what I, like. That's what I forgot. I'm just picturing these like super rich people sitting down and like, like, you know, talking about their future families. And they're like, well, I'd like to have four kids. And the other person's like, I'd like to have five. And the first person's like, but I don't know if we can afford bribes for five children. We can't. We can't afford the bribes for the five children. It's too much. It's too many bribes. Uh, so Douglas Hodge had, or ha- he has, or had a net worth of around eighty million dollars, which, compared to some of the people we've talked about here, is like kind of small potatoes. He's but not even. He's not even a centi millionaire. He's not even a centi millionaire. But compared to the average person, including myself, this is a, a shit ton of money. So. You know, I think paying Rick Singer $850,000 to make fake athletic resumes to get his kids into college, like, probably felt like a reasonable investment. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. this is this is what I just want to end on. Um, and I will talk about it more next week. But one of the running themes throughout all of the people who got ensnared in this whole situation is that most of them not all of them, there's a couple of exceptions, but most of them were very wealthy, mm-hmm. but not uber, uber wealthy. They were $80 million net worth wealthy. They weren't $800 million net worth wealthy. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I'm, I wouldn't kick $80 million out of bed either. No, no, I drove, I was driving the other day and I saw in the window of like a bodega, like the Powerball. Mm. And you know how it got really high recently? Yes. Like it was up to like almost 1 billion and then Mm -hmm. someone won. And so now it was back down to like 35 million. And like my first thought was like "Mm, 35 million, whatever. Mm. Like that's, you know, and I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? (laughs) What take $35 million? $35 million. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, But the point is that that I'm going to say $35 million. Um. But the point is that supposedly, according to college consultants now, kind of the the floor, because you might be asking yourself, why did these people go to all this trouble of like photoshopping, fucking water polo playing and paying all these bribes and whatever, when they could have just donated the money to the colleges and gotten their kids in? Right? I don't know. Does that still work? Like I dated a guy whose parents were super rich and he was not very smart mm-hmm. and they donated a lot of money. Okay. Him, I'm not going to say what school because then everyone, then, you know, people can figure out who the guy, like people who know me would know who it is, but like they totally got him into a very good school. So that's the thing. You, the, the bar has now been raised for the amount of money you need to donate to get your kid into a very, very good school. So maybe when we were applying to college, it was like 1 million or 2 million, but now it's like closer to 10 million. And that's just like where we're starting. So, you know, for Douglas Hodge, who has five children, 
Mm-hmm. He's not going to start with a $10 million gift for every kid. Like He can't, he can't afford that. He can't afford that. Mm-mm. So these people have found themselves priced out of the front door <laughs> sleazy method of getting their children into college. It's so sad for them. So it's so sad, sad for them. Yeah. And so they have to use this very complicated back door that is illegal. The front door, not illegal. Nope. Nope. Although sketchy. Sketchy. Sketchy, but not illegal. Sketchy, but not illegal. Mm-mm. So, so what's that's where we're going to... back door, my friend? How does this work? What I want to know, what, like, I mean, I guess you're walking up to us up to the edge of this question, is I want to know exactly how this works. Exactly. Like all of the, all of the mechanics of how rich people pay money to another rich person to get their kid into a good school. Joe, next week, I promise we will, we touched on it a little bit today, but we will get into the real nitty gritty of it next week. And we'll also get into the sentencing of all these people who decided to fight the charges, who didn't. We will talk about the Hot Pocket heiress. We'll also talk about how his SAT cheating scheme worked. Because that, that was a whole, you know, secret menu item that a lot of people took advantage. That's what Felicity Huffman was busted for. And I love, she didn't, Felic- I love Felicity Huffman. I know. She didn't, she didn't try to get her, her kid in as a fake recruit. She paid Singer for some fake SAT scores. I mean, also fucked up, right? Totally. Like, what, totally like, fucked I, up. Like, I would do anything for my kids. But I think there also has to be a point where you're like, you know what? Maybe this college isn't for you. Maybe this college isn't for you. And also, like, what message is this sending? It's sending. Well, also, like, you, you're creating shitty, shitty adults by, yes. by sending this message. Totally. Yes. Well, we will talk more about shitty adults and shitty children <laughs> next week. That's just the title of next Shitty Adults and Shitty Children. Shitty Adults title children. of next week's shitty episode. Children. Yep. Um, but thanks for coming on this journey with me so far. And uh, more to come. More to come. Uh- oh, and Joe, of course, I always forget to do this. I mean to do this before the first break, but I'm just so caught up in the storytelling that I forget. But our email is too much money podcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate getting your emails and your story ideas. Also, tell a friend about this show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like, we'd love to get the word out a little bit more. Share the love. Share like, the love. People share getting their kids into college admissions. That's beautiful. And Too Much Money is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrir, and Joe Piazza. And our music is by Lisa Brenner, our network partners, ACAST. Thanks for listening. Like a Midas touch by the very first time. I make decisions with my wallet, not my mind. Too much money for one person to control. Ooh, audacity will not buy back your soul.